self-renewal for the motivator. What we've been saying is that charisma is more a matter of attitude than aptitude. That brings us to the importance of regular self-renewal for the motivating leader. If it is true that the quality of your spirit is the essential thing you bring to your leadership task, then the management of your own motivation must take top priority. How is the motivator motivated? Here are five suggestions. Number one, associate with successful, positive people. In some cases, you may need to distance yourself somewhat from pessimistic people who pull you down. At least, you must be certain to spend considerable time with individuals who inspire you, people who will stimulate your thinking, restore your vision, and stretch your capacity for dreaming. If you are determined to be successful, says Patricia Fripp, it is very important to associate with success-oriented people. Number two, monitor carefully the ideas entering your mind. For as the computer people say, garbage in, garbage out. If you become what you think, and if you feed a constant stream of junk and trivia into your brain, you are unlikely to be the strong persuader you want to be. You may need to turn off the TV, watch less news, and instead read the great books or mull over the powerful ideas of the Bible. The actress Helen Hayes said, We rely upon the poets, the philosophers, and the playwrights to illustrate the thoughts and illuminate for which we only grope. They give us the strength and balm we cannot find in ourselves. Whenever I feel my courage wavering, I rush to them. They give me the wisdom of acceptance, the will and resilience to push on. Number three, take advantage of the wealth of information now available on inexpensive audio cassettes. The wonderful thing about tapes is that in listening to them, we get not only the ideas of great people, but it is the next best thing to being with them in person. By listening to their voices, we have a chance to make contact with their personalities, with their energy and enthusiasm. So rather than letting the radio's stream of nonsense occupy your driving hours or the time when you are waiting, listen to tapes of inspiring and successful people whose stories will elevate your moods. According to a study made at the University of Southern California, if you live in a metropolitan area, and drive 12,000 miles each year, in three years' time, you can acquire the equivalent of two years of college lectures. Number four, attend classes and seminars. It is worth a few hundred miles of travel and a few hundred dollars to audit courses taught by bright people where you can associate with other highly motivated persons. The seminar circuit today is the equivalent of the medieval traveling university and it is possible to get an excellent education there. Number five, keep a journal in which you write down goals and a record of your spiritual journey. A good journal is quite different from a diary. You are not writing down events that happen outside you during the day. Rather, you are observing and recording the movements of your soul. If this is done consistently, positive dreams and objectives are certain to arise from the unconscious. Freud was rather pessimistic about the unconscious. He thought that in psychotherapy, it needed to be uncovered and the unconscious material needed to be aired. But for him, it was like 
taking the lid off a septic tank. There was all manner of dark and horrendous material there. Carl Jung, on the other hand, was much more an optimist about who we are at our deepest level. He believed that when we uncover the unconscious, we may find some aberrations and there may be some blackness. But it is our deepest self that is the source of all great art. It is, Jung thought, the source of all things beautiful and creative. And it is a point at which we meet God. If Jung is right, then one of the surest ways to keep our motivation high is to keep open the corridors between our conscious mind and the unconscious mind. In the end, the ability to give inspiring leadership is an inner quality of spirit. It requires people who, to use Emerson's noble phrase, live from a great depth of being. And such spirituality does not come upon us suddenly. It accrues gradually from persistent study and regular cultivation.